There are none who can say with certain knowledge when the world began. Yet this has not stopped many maesters and learned men from seeking the answer. Is it forty thousand years old, as some hold, or perhaps a number as large as five hundred thousand, or even more? It is not written in any book that we know. For in the first age of the world, the Dawn Age, men were not lettered. We can be certain that the world was far more primitive, however, a barbarous place of tribes living directly from the land with no knowledge of the working of metal or the taming of beasts. What little is known to us of those days is contained in the oldest of texts, the tales written down by the Andals, by the Valerians, and by the Gascari, and even by those distant people of fabled Ashai. Yet however ancient those lettered races, they were not even children during the Dawn Age. So what truths their tales contain are difficult to find, like seeds among chaff. What can most accurately be told about the Dawn Age? The eastern lands were awash with many peoples, uncivilized, as all the world was uncivilized, but numerous. But on Westeros, from the lands of always winter to the shores of the summer sea, only two peoples existed, the children of the forest and the race of creatures known as the giants. Of the giants in the Dawn Age, little and less can be said, for no one has gathered their tales, their legends, their histories. Men of the Watch say the wildlings have tales of the giants living uneasily alongside the children, ranging where they would and taking what they wanted. All the accounts claim that they were huge and powerful creatures, but simple. Reliable accounts from the rangers of the Night's Watch, who were the last men to see the giants while they still lived, state that they were covered in a thick fur, rather than simply being very large men, as the nursery tales hold. There is considerable evidence of burials among the giants, as recorded in Maester Kennet's Passages of the Dead, a study of the barrow fields and graves and tombs of the North in his time of service at Winterfell, during the long reign of Craig and Stark. From bones that have been found in the North and sent to the Citadel, some Maester's estimate that the largest of the giants could reach fourteen feet, though others say twelve feet is nearer the truth. The tales of long-dead rangers written down by maesters of the watch all agree that the giants did not make homes or garments, and knew of no better tools or weapons than branches pulled from trees. The giants had no kings and no lords, made no homes save in caverns, or beneath tall trees, and they worked neither metal nor fields. They remained creatures of the Dawn Age, even as the ages passed them by. Men grew ever more numerous, and the forests were tamed and dwindled. Now the giants are gone even in the lands beyond the wall, and the last reports of them are more than a hundred years old. And even those are dubious. Tales that rangers of the watch might tell over a warm fire. The children of the forest were, in many ways, the opposites of the giants. As small as children, 
but dark and beautiful. They lived in a manner we might call crude today, yet they were still less barbarous than the giants. They worked no metal, but they had great art in working obsidian, what the small folk called dragonglass, while the Valerians knew it by a word meaning frozen fire, to make tools and weapons for hunting. They wove no cloths, but were skilled in making garments of leaves and bark. They learned to make bows of weirwood and to construct flying snares of grass, and both of the sexes hunted with these. Their song and music were said to be as beautiful as they were, but what they sang of is not remembered, save in small fragments handed down from ancient days. Maester Chilers' Winter's Kings, or the legends and lineages of the Starks of Winterfell, contains a part of a ballad alleged to tell of the time Brandon the Builder sought the aid of the children while raising the wall. He was taken to a secret place to meet with them, but could not at first understand their speech, which was described as sounding like the song of stones in a brook, or the wind through leaves, or the rain upon the water. The manner in which Brandon learned to comprehend the speech of the children is a tale in itself and not worth repeating here, but it seems clear that their speech originated or drew inspiration from the sounds they heard every day.